Kia ora, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. My name is Tuari Dawson and for the last four and a half decades I have practiced the martial arts in both the indigenous Māori traditions of Aotearoa, my home, and in the wonderful arts of karate, kobudo and jiu-jitsu. But more than that, I am a fan of all martial arts and martial artists. So here are some of my own thoughts on the subject, as well as interviews with some great sensei and instructors from around the world. And lastly, it's something of a cliche I know, but do me a favour and click the link in the description for our merch shop, as well as other ways to support the podcast. It really does help. Also, check out our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you like what you hear, please share our content. Again, it really helps us to continue to create content we believe in. And remember, it's not what you say when everyone's listening, it's what you practice when no one is watching that makes all the difference. Um, then we have tactical martial arts. Tactical martial artists, these are the guys who care really nothing other than, am I going to get home to my family? Right? These people are your military guys, your LEOs, your bodyguards. Like They use this stuff. They don't have time to worry about anything other than, will it work and will I get home? And the last one are LARPers. Live action world players. Hey, Kuro guys. So, just wanted to take a moment and ask you a question. Do you, like me, struggle at times to find all those little things that sort of make promotions and the dojo feel just that little bit special? Uh, I always like to have the kind of certificates when I'm promoting people or grading and so on and so forth. They're just a little bit different, a little bit personalised and kind of more a reflection of uh, our dojo than, than my personal belief that there's a lot of templates out there that whilst they may be correct, they're not, not probably as personalised as I'd like them. Well, today, if you use the coupon code Invisen, I-N-V-I-S-E-N, you can get 10% off custom scrolls, chops, certificates and logos, everything Dojo needs. So the link is www.danbernardo.com and I'll put a link in the description. Now I asked him if I could do this because I really enjoy his work and I'm ordering some as well. Um, so yeah, have a, have a look at it, check it out and uh, you make that Make your dojo just that little more special and a little more customised with your very own customised calligraphy or certificate or logo because he does great stuff. Anyway, enough of my yabba. Let's get back to the conversation. Most martial arts schools in the you know in the world are this right. These are people who care about. Um, titles and ranks and putting on their costume and making sure people bow to them and all this stuff, but they really can't use it. Um, you know, at least the majority of them can't right now there's crossover. All right. All the time, right. There's crossover. I would, I would argue that BJJ, even though it's a sport is a more traditional martial art than most traditional martial arts. Ooh, well, um, defend that, defend that position. It's really old. It was created in the 1920s, and it's taught in a way that um, rank is actually, 
you know, you get rank very similar to how you would get rank in old school systems, traditional systems before Jude, before Kanoda Jigoro decided to create, you know, belts. Um, so I really do believe that uh, BJJ as a thing is, is very, very traditional a lot. It's even, you know, 1920s, that's older than my system, right? My system wasn't created until 1945, right? So and the young style Tai Chi form that I practiced wasn't created until 1956, right? Like it's old. Um, now there's multiple versions of it now, but that's beyond the point and could be a, an entire conversation by itself. And I don't practice BJJ. So, um, you know, I'm not the best person to make that um, conversation with. But, but I, I take, but I take your point though. I do take your point. Hmm. But my, the reason that I gave those classifications is because in everybody's life, you will go through multiple of those classifications because what the martial art does for you and what you need to be fulfilled by that martial art will come from one of those classifications. When I was young, I loved competing. Even though I didn't train in what many would be considered a sport martial art, I loved competing. I competed a lot. And now I care more about the classical stuff. I care, I, you know, I love history. I love the language. I love learning about the different cultures. I love learning about the principles. Um, and most of that really is because I, I want to be a Jedi. Just, I do, Amen. right? So, Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> I mean, so like, you know, when <laughs> I have a theory, and I know if I've mentioned this before to you, uh, um, I have a theory based on Taoist thought that a lot of people like to think that the light and the dark are the opposite sides of the Taiji, the yin and the yang. Um, I don't believe that's true. In, in Taoist thought, Yin and yang are not better or worse than each other. They are just opposites that were always subtly fluctuating back and forth between. What we want to accomplish is to be right in the middle where neither exist and we're in harmony with the universe, so to speak, right? So, or in Taoist thought, in harmony with the Tao, right? So, you could say in harmony with the force. The Jedi are not one side or the other. The Jedi are supposed to be, I'll, I'll use that word, supposed to be in the middle. So, and the reason I say this is, and, and the prequels did this really well. What caused Anakin Skywalker to go to the dark side and become Darth Vader? I'm, I'm going I'm to just quickly before we continue this, I'm going to say this because... Uh, um, Josh Simmons of the Okinawan Karate podcast. Every time I bring up um, Star Wars, me and um, me and our, our mate uh, Michael, we bring up Star Wars. His eyes roll to the back of his head. So you, <laughs> you, you, you just sit down and you listen to this, Josh. You listen to this. You sit down and you listen to it because this is knowledge. Okay, get away this from knowledge. your bias. Get away from your bias. Well, I mean, interestingly enough, it, you know, if you use it, so if you look at it as a metaphor too. I think that it's about an inability to move away from fear, which I think is a huge part of martial arts. You know, people are always frightened of being 
um, not, you know, people start martial Some people start martial arts because they want to be stronger. I'm, as a child, I started martial arts because I grew up in a violent situation and I wanted to have some sense of ownership and power over a situation that was kind of way above, way above me. That's not why I stayed, but I think mm-hmm. it's this sort of attachment and it's a, it's a, it's allowing fear to guide directions as opposed to some, I guess the middle place that you discussed, that's what would my ridiculous answer would be. So, so you, you are, you're going in the right direction, but what was he afraid of? Uh, I would say loss, abandonment, um, I, I sort of, um, you know, his, he was, his whole thing was around his, his mother passing away and having some sense of abandonment around that. And then, of course, that was transferred to um, Padme, his, his, um, his wife. You know, there was just mm-hmm. a sense of, I would say, man, he had abandonment issues. And I'm also going to say that, um, yeah, he, he was kind of a bit of a, the portrayal made him out to be a little bit of a whiny bitch, but let's not go down down that thing. But I, I'm taking your point. Please continue. Oh, yeah, he, he absolutely he, he absolutely was. But but all the loss, all the fear, all the abandonment, it was from love. That's it, love, and he had an unhealthy attachment to this idea of love. So he was over here. He was an extreme of a good thing, right? Extreme of a good thing. And so if you if you go too far that way, you stray and you become attached and you become greedy and you become um, caught up in yourself and what you don't want to lose. But that's all it was. So that, that is that's why he 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 fell to the dark to the dark side so whenever you know <clears throat> for myself why i practice now is to find that harmony because i want to be a jedi i want to be right in the middle and i want and i'm very bad at it <laughs> But likewise, but I want that. That's my goal. And martial arts for me, you know, we talked about earlier, like if you can find harmony with that external person and you can Mm. find control over Mm. yourself when you're being pushed, right. Mm. That, that perturbation based balance exercise that is push hands, that is kakie. If you can find harmony in yourself in that situation, then you can take that everywhere. You can take it everywhere. Whether you're having a conversation with somebody at the bank, whether you're having a conversation with somebody, um, at, you know, at the grocery store, whether somebody cuts you off in traffic, whether you know, whether your child comes up to you and gives you a hug, like at any given moment, martial arts for me mm. is about finding harmony at all times mm. and being fully present. At all times. Have mm. you tried sparring somebody while you're thinking about something else? It's really difficult, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so this this is why I practice martial mm. arts. You know, mm. it, it 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 goes to deeper than combat, right? Mm. But but if I can if I can control every moment of my life, combat 
I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> I, I see. I would. I would. I would. I would add to that that I don't know if it's about controlling every moment of my life. It's something for me. At certain times, one of the things that I struggle with is the acceptance of my life as it kind of unfolds, mm. especially with martial arts. You know, like you know, we're, yeah, like controlling know, how you respond. Yeah, right? and, and yeah. also too, you know, controlling sort of your level of acceptance around things like injuries or, um, you know, mm. you know martial mm. arts kind of tends to create in us. And we all know this, and you know, we all talk about the lack of ego and all those sorts of things. But it's something we constantly struggle against, and martial arts. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some of us have the biggest egos, you know, and it's almost oh, yeah. started off with the biggest egos, and we keep them and we add to them. Um, oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. when you when you're talking about that, it means that application is something different, not just how I apply it in a combat situation. So absolutely. What's what's an example of without getting sort of you know too too into the weeds or too personal? Mm -hmm. What's an example that you can think of on the top of your head where you've had that level of application? Um, outside the dojo in the last, let's say, I don't know, six months or so? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I think that they're, they're probably a lot, but they're small. I don't know if I could think of one that's big enough that I could tell a story. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Sorry to put you. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, it's fine. It's mm -hmm. fine. You know, like parents always ask me, like, "How are you so patient?" <laughs> I have to, yeah, honestly, and and I, I, some of them I tell, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like, well, I don't. Is, so is it, I don't is get it caught up. So acceptance. I just don't care. Yeah. I don't get caught up. I, mm. I, I don't, I think that's, that's, you know, something that, so there's, there's a, um, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly. There's a, there's an old Chinese classic, a Taiji classic, where it basically says that you are, you, people will tend to be so focused on what they think is in front of them, especially like if you're, grappling or doing push-ins or, or sparring with somebody people get so caught up in what they think is in front of them that they miss exactly what is there and so that they can't deal with it right um sometimes in taiji chuan this is called double weighted where you get so um insistent on making something work that you get stuck in it and then you will fail and the opponent can do whatever they want to you because you're so intent on making this work. And I what something that I've learned from push hands and from sparring and from martial arts is to not let my own desire of making something work stop me from being able to accurately respond to what is actually there mm. there's a lot of wisdom in that man i mean you know it's i i even go so far as to say one of the things that i i kind of note and i i noted myself when i was younger 
I'm not so much now because I'm a lot lazier as I've gotten older. But when I was in a sparring situation, you know, if someone was a kicker or a puncher or a striker or a grappler, you know, I would go, right, I'm kicking. You know, if I come up with someone who's really good kicking, whether they were better at kicking or not, and they could do it with more ease, fluidity, and flexibility, I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna outkick them. As mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, kind of kind of moving away from from I don't know what done up as a game plan, but for my strengths <laughs> and and moving into the yeah. ears and getting what yeah. Um, yeah and it's this kind of thing of becoming you know becoming what just just moving away from myself and I think that's the thing that I'm trying to to do now obviously as you get older you want to do a lot more with a lot less uh, maybe my yeah. timing's a bit better um yeah. so you know, when but you, like when you, you, that can be that can be context based, right? So, like, mm-hmm. let's say you're you're training, you're not actually like competing, right? Yeah. And somebody said, and somebody comes in, you know, they're a good kicker, and you want to outkick them. Mm-hmm. That's the right time to fail, right? Like, that's the right time to 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 try to make your kicks better and get the crap beat out of you because we want to lose, right? Um, in in Taijiquan, we say invest in loss. Right. So like we want to lose. If we if we don't lose, we we don't know what that feels like. And therefore, when we start to lose in real life or in a, in a real situation, we don't know how to respond to it. So a lot of times when we do push hands in, in Taiji Chuan um, or when we spar and grapple in Tangsudo, same thing, we want to lose a lot because we want to be able to know what that feels like so that we can then make yeah. it better. But then then that, you get better. I think that's why, why, why the tap is so important. You know, like mm-hmm. just tapping. I mean, you learn so much. I mean, whether or not you're doing newas or, you know, or, or grappling mm-hmm. or just technique in general, I think that the idea of sparring is, sparring is an exchange and a conversation as opposed to some competitive thing in a training sense. It's really important, and you can sort of dial it up, you know, like if you, like in terms of intensity. Nothing takes the yeah. place of you know real combat, but you can do things which create uh, a readiness in in yourself and in your brain and in your body to be able to prepare that stuff. I mean, I, I also think that tell me what you think of this, man. I, I I think that if your focus all the time is on violence, there's almost a, in some weird way. Um, you attract it. Like I, for years, I, I did a lot of, you know, door work and things like that. And I'd go out and go out for dinner and I'd see sort of trouble brewing and I couldn't relax. And it was kind of all this weird stuff. But I think that if my focus, when I, you know, like for years, my focus was right, a practical, practical application, you know, how, if it doesn't work in combat, why would I do it? And mm-hmm. it took me going to watch other schools training to remember, actually, I really love doing this stuff. It doesn't always have to be about sticking my fingers through the soft part of someone's throat or putting a thumb in the eye or kicking a kneecap. You know, like people can have that artistic flair. So for you, what inspires you? What what do you watch or look at or listen to or expose yourself to in terms of, you know, training, media, um, that kind of keeps you getting back into the into the dojo and, and doing your thing? Oh, Star Wars, of course. Um... <clears throat> oh, I love it. I love it. That's a perfect dancer. And and big shout out to our Mando Chat brothers as well. Yeah, man. Um, that, yeah. One's, that one's for you guys. Absolutely. We, no, we I... Nice. 
You go, mate. Yeah, go, go, go. Um, I was going to say, you know, we that's that's another podcast. That's going to be a, that's going to be a, a nerdy martial arts. You know what? Just quickly, a lot of the really good martial artists I know, except for Josh Simmers, <laughs> uh, with the exception of Josh Simmers, who's a great martial artist, um, to have a real thing about sci-fi and fantasy and 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 Star Wars. So yeah, poo poo those of you that like it. I, I, I'm a nerd and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Sorry, brother. Continue. I think that there's something to that, um, to the martial arts also being nerds. I think that that, that demographic crosses over a whole lot, um, mainly because I think that martial arts in and of itself might be a nerdy thing, especially if you do classical martial arts. Um, maybe not some of the other classifications that I mentioned, but you know, if you're in classical, I would say that the majority of, of the people around you are also going to be um, nerds. Um, and I think that's a great thing, but um, I, I really enjoy watching other martial artists just in general. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I, all kinds um, Facebook. I, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, but one thing that I really enjoy about Facebook is it gives me inspiration because somebody will say something about something and I'll go, I want to go watch. I want to go and check this out. Um, and sometimes it's really bad. <laughs> uh, somebody somebody shared a, a video today of somebody doing B-Lot and it was not and it was garbage and... But, you know, that was that was not fun to watch. But for the most part, um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And I love look, I, you know, I'm, I'm a people watcher. I've always been a people watcher. And I love watching how people move. I love watching how they how they do, you know, technique and how they what their timing is like and how they load their hips and like I, I love the minutia, right? Like I, if I could, if I could pick people apart, um, I would, I would do it. You know, yeah. Who's, but um, and also, if you pick people apart, then you'd have to like dig a pad, and you know, they have to sort of tell them, you know, it puts the lotion, it puts the lotion on the basket. You know, let's let's not. I'm I just going to say, more like the, the, what was the what was the guy from Heroes? Who could? Who? Uh, oh uh, my gosh! Yes, 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 and I can't remember his name. Oh my gosh! I'm he played Spock. Yeah, he played Spock, and he's from Pittsburgh, and I can't remember his name. Zachary. Zachary Quinto. That's it. That's mm. it. Yes, yes. His character in Heroes was awesome, but mm. like the the idea of being able to like pick things apart, man. That I I love that, and then I love going back and looking at old manuals and looking at how how this was written, how you know, like. How how people were trying to convey this information over the years, whether it was in a Shui Jiao manual or a Taiji Chuan manual or a Karate manual or um, a um, European manual or you know Fair Baron's Get Tough manual, which is amazing. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, Fair Baron site. Uh, Fair sorry, Fair Baron. 
um, was insane. I love that. The guy was nuts, absolutely bonkers. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I love that sort of stuff. And then yeah. I, I love going into the dojang and, and we play a lot, right. Which I'm sure you do as well. I think, I think every March, every good martial art, martial artist plays in class. I think that's kind of a, a very common theme. Again, good martial is universal. And, you know, it's recently we've been playing, we've been playing with breathing. So like, if you are striking somebody, are you breathing in or breathing out? Or are you holding your breath? Um, you know, I've, I've just come across, well, not just, but my, my most recent obsession is really looking at how my lineage founder wrote how to breathe in the techniques of the form because it's the complete opposite of how I learned, right? So like my lineage founder is saying to breathe this way and nobody in his lineage breathes that way. And so my brain is going, mm, my gosh, why? Like, why, why is, why is it in here? Like, I'm, I'm very confused. So we've been playing around with, with that idea of, of, of how to breathe and his breathing. Let me, let me go back real quick. My lineage founder compiled things. So we do Shotokan Karate Kata. We do, we do Shitoryu Karate Kata. We do Tantui. We do Kaiji uh, Chuan. Um, and I, there's a little bit of Shudokan in there as well. There's a little bit of Kangen Toyama in there as well. But the Taiji is how he breathes. So like in, in the Taiji classics, they really only say a couple things about breathing. But one of them is when you breathe in, <clears throat> energy rises and expands. So whenever you're doing a technique that rises and expands, you should be breathing in. And when you breathe out, this is when you're contracting or sinking or releasing. So if you breathe out, you are sinking and releasing. So when you're doing movements in the in the kata, you know, like for us, it's called pyongan idan, pyongan and pinan, pingan, heian, same thing, right? Idan is the second one for us because we follow Funakoshi's order. So it's this, right? And he says to breathe in and then out like this. Growing up, I was always taught not how he like yeah that's interesting man because you know like i mean something I, I guess something i'm doing at the moment is i'm i've kind of been for the last probably four or five years i've been developing my own personal kata um Ooh. something of, of, of techniques that i i really enjoy and then my goal with the particular kata is that i want to be able to use I also want to be able to use this in the singular, singular kata. I want to be able to use bo, sai, onfa, and iku, all within this kata. I mean, obviously not at the same time, as you said. I'm not the three-armed guy, right? But You're um, the last ronin, yeah, essentially. Last ronin. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm the turtle man. I'm the turtle. I'm the turtle moister. <laughs> um, but what I'm noticing as I'm creating this kata is the you know I've also found it when I've learned other so I'm I'm a gorjuru karate practitioner only twelve kata, um, 
which is all I can handle, probably a little more than I can handle, to be honest. But what I notice when I learn other kata, one of the things that takes a long time to get into is the correct breathing. I find myself, even in this kata that I'm, this personal kata that I'm creating for myself, um, my breathing is really strange. I, I'm having to design, I find myself holding my breath, which is something which I say to beginners and, and to even senior students. I say, don't hold, don't, you can see you're holding breath. But it's really interesting how, you know, people kind of, oh, man, maybe it's kind of too much in the weeds, but it is really important. Breathing is so very, very important. Hey, um, bro, just we're coming we're coming to the end, but I just wanted to say Seriously? Um, Dude. Yeah, I know, I know. Um <laughs> but I'll say just a couple of things and I'd love to get your comment on this. Um you do you utilize your martial arts in lots of different ways. Um and the well within martial arts, I'd love to hear you expound a little bit on on how you came by that, what the philosophy is. And I, I know that you do a lot of stuff within the community. Um, you're very active in, I guess, the vehicle of martial arts is something that creates communication, wellness, health, um, and all those really positive things. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that and where that comes from and, and kind of how that manifests. Yeah, so... I chose the name Well Within Martial Arts because martial arts for me is, first of all, a deep well. So, you know, there's a well within your practice that you can constantly pull from. There's a well within yourself that you can constantly pull from to do more than you think is possible. There's wellness within the practice. There's wellness within you. Um, so many different reasons for using that name. Um, and I like to, you know, when we when we practice martial arts, you know, usually we talk about the three practices, the three gong. Um, Shimgong, I'm going to use the Korean pronunciation. Shimgong, Negong, Weigong. Shimgong is mental or spiritual practice. Negong is internal practice. And Weigong is external practice. And I want to try to make sure that those three things are practiced in harmony with each other. So balanced, right? If I'm if I'm focusing more on external and I lose my internal or my or my mental or spiritual, then I'm 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 going to miss a lot, and I may become something that <laughs> goes to the dark side. Um, and then same thing if I if I'm constantly just thinking about my mental practice, then my martial you know my external is going to be horrible. I'm not going to I'm not going to do any conditioning. Um, I'm not going to you know do any strength training. I'm not going to do anything that will actually help my body support the functional movement that that i'm i'm thinking about right uh, all that so you know at the at my dojang um we we have haiji chuan which is you know an internal focused martial art um which really for me that the whole the whole concept of internal and external can get really muddied but i use internal for me to 
describe a practice that focuses on me more than another opponent, right? Um, so I'm focusing on my own in my own body, my own joints, my own organs, my own balance, my own like all of this, even when somebody's pushing on me. So like I if somebody's trying to grab me or move me, I'm not worried about I'm not thinking about, oh, I have to move this person. No, it's where do I find tension in my body and how can I release that tension, right? Um, so it's like if you have a concrete block on top of you and you're like, oh, there's a concrete block. I need to move it. No, you just go, I feel tension in my back. I'm going to release it. And the concrete block falls off of you, right? Like that the concrete block, it could be a concrete block. It could be a kettlebell. It could be whatever it is. It doesn't matter. The, the tension inside of me is what I'm paying attention to. We teach calligraphy um and i practice the calligraphy as a mental as a spiritual practice as a meditation um and i think that <laughs> it's far more far more difficult than um i give it credit for um i've been doing it for 20 plus years so like when i teach it it's a great reminder to me on <laughs> mm. how hard it's, things are in the beginning it, it's it's amazing bro because i mean you know, one of the things which I really enjoyed about your Instagram stuff was that you actually got to see you brush stuff. And it was just just the precision with which you do that is, I always used to find it quite a meditation, just watching it, just the process of it, the way in which you're using the brush oh, cool. and the stroke and all this. I actually, could, I actually could just sit there and just watch it for hours. It's just such an incredible, you know, to watch this thing sort of externalize. Um uh, and, yeah. and I think one of the things that I really appreciate about, about you is that you bring together these really interesting things, um, not the least of which is a, a deep love of uh, sci-fi and fantasy, which I'm hoping you and I will start a <laughs> podcast about completely aside from this. Just Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Um, but also I think that you bring the scholarly, it's kind of the warrior scholar, I would say, and that you were extremely well-read. You care about the things that you do. Uh, you care enough to um, to explore, to educate yourself on the culture from which they spring, but at the same time remain a respectful, um, a, a respectful at a respectful place. Um, and I also love the fact you know, as an Italian Romani man of a, of a, you know an incredible lineage yourself. Um, that you bring that sense of fun and imagination into everything you do. I, I really appreciate what you put out. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm the warrior scholar clown. That's what <laughs> there's not, nothing, nothing. No, I would say this. I think actually a friend of mine, Shinsei Steve Arms, um, he calls it, a, he calls it the hobo. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with being the hobo, man. And, uh, <laughs> and been, uh, I, I remember um, that for me. I've got the stick. I've got yeah, the stick. Yeah, really I'm good do. to go. I got think him. um I think what you try to do and the way in which you try to pursue martial arts and is is excellent also too because it's not about preaching, you do. And I always love the the positivity that you put out about martial arts um and the way in which you utilize it to help other people. Um, um I'm honored. to do things that, you know, have real meaning. It's not about changing the world, but it's about changing the the part of the world in which we so let me ask you this question um, as a sort of a finisher. You have the opportunity to take all the kids in America, 
all the school kids in America, you know, the young, young kids coming in and, and for the first five years of their life, you can, you can develop um, a package which is taught in every school, unlimited funds. Um, where martial arts and the well within martial arts um, values are, are forefront, what are you teaching? Why are you teaching it? And and what do you hope will come out of that? Stick work. Stick work straight to the weapons. Interesting. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I I've noticed um, that. It, not only is it what they want to do, but if you can get a kid to slow down to the point where they can manipulate an external object, you, you're creating that same harmony that you want, you know, with from any other martial art. Um, I, you know, stick is so much fun, but, you know, but it's also, there's a lot of, I mean, especially Italian stick, there's a lot of intricate pattern that you have to do because, you know, the goal is to keep the stick moving and changing direction without stopping the stick. <clears throat> so you don't stop and go. Like, so, like, to, to be able to do that creates a, in my opinion, an externally enforced neural pathway that teaches learning, that teaches patience, that teaches control, that teaches harmony in a way that I don't see karate doing, at least not in my own kids. Um, karate, I think, um, is great. Um, and I think that somebody else would might be able to, to do exactly what I'm doing with the stick work with the kids. Um, but I, I enjoy doing it with the stick, and I, I'm seeing a lot of really cool. Um, um, what's the word? Skill development and personal development in the kids who who work the stick, um, and then then they can use lightsabers, right? <laughs>